0: in and have a seat. Glad to be here this morning. My name is Joel Gallant, and today you get a really special treat. It's Becky and I, and we're the power team without the phone books and the frying pan curling, but we've called ourselves, well, some calls the power team this morning. So if you're new here this morning, I'd like to welcome you. We're going to be preaching on our vision for youth and, uh, and really what God's been speaking to us, um, to our hearts about the youth in this church, and the youth who aren't even here yet. And so I just want to pray this morning, and then we'll get started. Jesus, we love you, and God, would you just assist Becky and I this morning, God. We want to glorify you, God. We want to be responsible with the vision that you've given us, God. And most of all, God, we want your help. God, we can't do this on our own. We're just people, but God, we're actually people empowered by your Spirit. And so, God, we need you. Amen. Amen. Just a quick note before we start. Next week starts the new summer series about the armor of God called Stand. If you saw the really intense picture of Roman legionnaires up there, we're all going to become legionnaires <laughs> in the spirit. So uh, before we get right into the vision of what Becky and I feel that God has put on our hearts, we thought that maybe we should give you guys a bit of an information about who we are yes. and really what, how God has changed our lives and then shaped our lives uh, to want to affect other people's. So um, I'm gonna share first, and then Becky's gonna come on up and we're gonna share, and we're kinda gonna tag team like this, and it's gonna be good, I think. Yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so uh, just a little bit about myself. Um, I grew up in a family with two other brothers, and we were homeschooled uh, for some part of elementary school. I was grades three, four, five. And It was really uh, a good time, mom. It was really interesting having one-on-one cooperation with a teacher and mom did a great job and she did a really good job socializing us. So I can actually speak in full sentences in front of a room of people and homeschoolers don't always turn out weird, okay? Some people might disagree, okay? But um, in grade five, we made the decision to put me into public school in grade six, which was a massive change. Um, all of my life in homeschool was like surrounded around Christian curriculum, and, which was great, and I loved it, and God put values in my life um, through mom and through different families that we cooperated with in homeschooling that, honestly, were never really challenged, because as much as you don't want to live in a bubble, you kind of live in a bubble. And when I went to public school, that really changed a whole lot of things— all my values got challenged, okay? You, like, you want to talk about honesty and integrity and treating people right and not ostracizing other people, not gossiping, not being mean, not swearing, okay? Like everything that I was brought not to do, all those things were challenged in public school because really, um, it's, it's a world kind of apart from God and that was really difficult. I made some uh, whew, interesting friends, okay? And we made some bad choices. And so for grades six, seven, and eight, I really lived a a double life. At home, I was one person, and at school, and with my friends, I was a separate person. And eventually, you can't really live two separately. One bleeds into the other. And unfortunately, it went the wrong way. (laughs) And it really bled into my life at home. And if I wasn't rebellious outwardly at home, I was definitely rebellious in my mind. And that really set me up for quite a summer of a a struggle, a wrestle between grades eight and nine, where we used to go to our cottage every summer, spend some time there. And God really got a hold of my life in that summer and really kind of forced me to look at my own life and evaluate, am I living like he wants me to live? So I made a choice in grade eight and grade nine, rather, that fall to find some new friends, So, you want to talk about bad ideas? Go to a school from like 300 people to like 1,500 people with no friends. It was really difficult. And I wouldn't recommend it. Okay, there are better ways. Now I'm wiser and older and I would have done something different. But it was really difficult to make new friends. And I was having a really big struggle from that fall to that winter. And everything really changed when I went to Green Hill Lake Camp for a winter camp. Didn't expect really at all to be anything except for some fun and maybe make some new friends. And it was a really low period in my life. I was struggling with depression and I was seriously contemplating really what's, what's left to live for. Well, one night at a winter camp, a guy named Mark Seifer, who some of you might know, he uh, pulled me aside and he said, is everything okay? And through a long conversation that was very difficult, he instilled in me the fact that God has purpose for my life. And that would have been the really the first moment that I've had someone really impact my life to show me that God has purpose for actually me living, which gave me a whole new outlook on life. So after that, it was kind of like I definitely was saved when I was a kid, but God revealed himself to me in a different way and actually revealed more of himself to me at that point in my life. From then on, it was about relationship with Jesus in my life. And through the rest of high school, I went through... Um, a lot of growth and maturity, and I went through some bad haircuts, and I went through (laughs) some really skinny jeans, and I eventually came out um, a more mature person, and in that time, um, some people were really influential in my life, and uh, they actually moved back from Ontario, now living in Hampton, and Christy Short was actually super influential in my life, and she was the person who made me realize or showed me just the value of doing normal things together with other Christians in your life, and I just hung out with them. She showed me just how you can have a love for worshiping God, love for praying, love for being together, along with uh, John Calhoun, Gord Wilson, Aram Gallant, my brother. We met in a fit group together, and we That was just like a time where we could meet together, we could pray together, we could worship together, we could talk about life together. And throughout those things, God was really getting my attention. And John Waugh shared a word this morning and he was actually really influential in my life as well. I was 15 years old and God was speaking to other people to speak to me. And I think that God has much to say to everyone here, but God was really getting a hold of my life with all these prophetic words about the future. And so... What I wanted to kind of hone in on this morning is that being a youth or being, I'll say, under 20 isn't a time just for adolescence, okay? I know there's lots of different thoughts about adolescence in the news today, but really, it's not a time just to do nothing. It's not a time just to play video games. It's not a time just to do whatever you want. I mean, yeah, let's have fun. But there's a time where God can really speak to us, and so that's what our vision for youth is. We want to be able to take normal life and we want to develop a love for God in people and we want people's lives to be changed because of it. Yes. And Becky's going to come up now and just share briefly about her story as well.
1: Good morning. Um, As Joel said, I'm Becky, and uh, my story is a little bit different from Joel's. Uh, I don't have specific people. I just have specific moments Mm -hmm. that I remember. I grew up in a Christian home. My parents are Christians, and, you know, took us to church every Sunday. Like, it was just what we did. Uh, Having sleepovers on Saturday nights always had to involve making sure that I made it to church on Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. Uh, Going to youth group was very much a part of uh, my growing up experience. I became a Christian when I was eight years old and just kind of went through the motions, so to speak. But it was great. It was fantastic. I was blessed to have uh, wonderful youth leaders, wonderful youth pastor um, through all of this. And it actually got to the point where if I needed to have a consequence for something, I wasn't allowed to go to youth group. And that was devastating. That was a big deal. And uh, so... It was just, it was a normal part of my growing up, and friendships that were built during that time actually continue today. And uh, it was just an incredible time uh, for me, but it got to the point when I was, I think. 21 as we were sort of reflecting where I was like okay I'm done with just going through the motions I am done with just doing the right things God you need to be real these things that I see in your word I need to see these happening in lives of people that I know and so it was really a time where I I sought God and sought his holy spirit to make him real and not just someone as Brent mentioned last week about you know, seeing these stories on flannel graphs, seeing these stories in storybooks—it needed to be real to me. And so it was uh, a specific time. It wasn't necessarily specific people. Where I just said, "Okay, God, you need to reveal yourself to me." And I think it was from this foundation of having all of this truth poured into my life throughout uh, sort of my formative years that I was able to uh, launch into that quest and. God met me in that time, and he did reveal himself to me in a real way. And so I think it was really important, or it is really important, that that foundation be solid during those formative years, so that when you get to that point where you're like, hey God, is this for real? Are you for real? Because what I see happening with these people that I go to church with doesn't really match up with what's going on in your word. I need to know that all of this is real, and that this is in fact, uh, that this is of you, or that... Um, That these things are what you want us to be doing. And so, um, just as Joel continues to talk, we're going to talk a little bit about why that foundation is so crucial, and what it was. It wasn't necessarily what people said to me, it was how they acted in front of me. It was knowing that God was real to them, and they were able to tell me how God was real to them, and I could see God at work in their lives, that it was an impact to me.
0: So one thing that we really have as uh, probably our number one value um, is doing, making normal life meaningful is kind of <laughs> Becky and I's big thing. And so uh, I want to tell you about a couple different people, okay? And by no means am I like pulling out a favorite, okay? But it's just, um, it's just people that we've shared life with. And what I want you to take away from this um, is normal, your normal life, looks different than my normal life, but we can allow God to use what's normal in our lives to build relationship with other people. And in that relationship, all kinds of opportunities are opened up. So there's a couple people who you guys know that, uh, and it's, it kind of represents some things that have happened in my life. So 2010 was a really crazy year for me. I bought a really terrible house. <laughs> and We're almost at the end of it, and it looks the best we've ever seen, and we don't even live in it anymore, so (laughs) whatever. Um, But uh, I figured that I needed some help on this house, so I pulled this, like, 13-year-old kid over who was from England named Sam Bicknell, and I didn't know if he knew how to build anything, but he needed to do something for the summer, and I thought, free labor for me. <laughs> and so he, he, we lugged junk out of a house and up into a house, and we built stuff, and we did stuff, and it actually started a relationship that is maintained to today. And throughout the years, I'd call him up, you want to work today? What do you want to work today? Do you want to hang out today? And I'll tell you what, we didn't talk much at the beginning. Okay? It was mostly we were just working. But God was really working on my heart during that time, and soon I realized it's not just about free labor. <laughs> it was actually about a relationship that I didn't see coming. And that's a big thing is that sometimes these opportunities to share our normal lives, they don't always look like we think they're going to look. I didn't think to myself, I'm really gonna pour into a young man's life. I thought something completely different and God changed my perception of that. Another one was Lee Smith. He was just some crazy kid, always hanging upside down and stuff. We always say that about Lee, I don't know why. He was, he was true, yeah, he was hanging on stuff. And the boy couldn't put a beat together to save his life when we first started doing drums together. But I'm telling you, look at him today, okay? And I mean, he's got talent, in there and he didn't get it from me because i didn't take him very far okay but we built a relationship when we were doing that together you want to talk about really normal josh hawkins and i we read a book together for a whole year it shouldn't have taken us a year to get through that book i'm telling you okay one day i came over josh like want to read our book and i was like josh I've got a filing cabinet that just spilled onto the floor, let's organize these papers. And that's what we did. And it's just normal life, okay? It's not always perfect, it's not always what you think, but you get these opportunities to pour in people's lives. And now that the house is almost done, and now that there's much better drummers than me, I find new things. And so my brothers and I, we do some Brazilian jiu jitsu on weeknights. And now we brought another kid who goes to the church, Mike Crow, and he came for the first time and he was little and we wrestled and he was okay. He had all his limbs at the end of it. (laughs) But it's not just about jiu jitsu or uh, building a house or drumming or reading a book. It's about building relationship. And we have Leah Glant over at our house all the time. And sometimes she's just like, I just want to watch TV with people. I just want to watch Law and Order together and (laughs) It's just about those normal things. Now, if it was just about those normal things, then I would just be saying, let's all be friends together. But what it is, is let's be friends together, but let's actually involve ourselves in other people's lives where we have the opportunity to share our faith, where we have the opportunity to encourage people, where we have the opportunity to um, give wisdom to other people. Like, It's immense what happens when people trust each other. You can speak into someone's life like you never thought possible before. That's really our heart behind youth. So if you came to youth group, you would see that we spend a fair amount of time just building relationships. Last night, we had youth group and we played some games together. We hung out, we went over to Officer's Square and we were at the Cultural Expressions Festival and we watched Salome and Masoka and Mo and a bunch of other people we know dance and it was it was part of this cultural expressions festival and it was awesome and that's part of both, that's part of supporting each other and that's part of building relationship together and so one thing that we've really held dear is this idea of training people up and i'm just going to check my time we're okay and proverbs 22:6 says this train up a child in the way he should go even when he's old, he won't depart from it. You could read it, train up a child in the way they should go. When they're old, they won't depart from it. We want to build into young men and young women, and we want to train them up. And training involves making mistakes. It involves getting it wrong. It involves pushing through those things. It's having an older person or a more wise person, a younger person or a less wise person. It insists, training insists on having a relationship together. An instructor of mine brought us all uh, together and he gave us this whole day of training. And at the end of it, he said, all right, who can do everything that we did today? And no one raised their hand because it was pretty pressured. And one person raised their hand eventually and he came in and screwed everything up. (laughs) And the instructor was like, so is that how you treat something that you really, really like? You screw it all up? And we were all like, oh my goodness. He's like, of course it is. He's like, that's how you learn. You get it wrong. And there's been times where I've missed opportunities, and there'll be times where we miss opportunities, but there's grace for that, okay? And that's part of normal life. We don't pretend to have it all together. So training is a relationship. There's also the way, okay? So training up a child in the way they should go, a clear idea of what we're called to. We've got to be biblical together. We've got to get into the word, have a love For God's Word together, and I know that there are people in here who have a rich history of loving Scripture, loving the Word, getting a lot out of the Word, and there's people here who don't, and I think we should pair up. I think we should partner together in involving each other in that love for Scripture. Likewise with worship. I think there are people here who have a love for worship. I love worship. I love music. I love how the arts can really glorify God, and we need that, and we got to be free to be able to do these things with each other, and it's not every time we get together we gonna do these things, but we want that to be what we're aiming for, because at the end of the day, God didn't just call us, okay, let's all be friends together and kumbaya. Mm-hmm. Really, he was like, let's be friends together and glorify me, <laughs> right. worship me, mm-hmm. and so the end of that verse says, and when they're old, they won't depart from it. Well, replication is really our goal. And so if I'm going to train up somebody and then I want them to grow up and I want them to train up somebody else, to be honest. And, um, I say this to some people and I want it to be clear. For example, uh, I was teaching Lee drums and soon realized that he was way better than I was. And so I said, you know what, man, there's going to be a time in your life When you have to become like I was to you, you're going to be the master, and you've got to find a new you. You've got to find a new little person who doesn't know what really to do, but they have an interest. You need to find somebody to build a relationship in, and it's not just about um, the things that I do. Obviously, we have all different gifts, and we need to use those. We need to find people to instill those in and build relationship with. So there's an urgency to this thing as well, okay? It's important and urgent. Some things are one but not the other, some things are neither, but this is actually important and urgent. And the reason why it's urgent is, I'm just looking around the room, a lot of us have lived more years than, I think, the people that we have in Fuel and Fuel Leaders. And if I could guess, you probably have the same problem as me, is when you get older, it's really hard to relearn things, amen? <laughs> and so we have an experience in life and it's, it's, maybe it's shaped by a value that's not of God. And then when you realize that God, oh, no, no, God is actually saying that you gotta do this differently, it's harder to relearn that, than it is to actually learn it correctly the first time. And so we think there's an urgency to this whole training. We think there's an urgency to this relationship building. And I was mowing the lawn, and if you've ever been to the backyard of my house, right in springtime, I always leave it way, way too long. It's like Velociraptor grass. It was really bad, like rhubarb—literal rhubarb—where there was just grass. Terrible. And so we had to rent this combination lawnmower, snowblower thing, Bush Hog, and we like ran through it. And then we had to mow it, mow it, mow it. And then it rained the next day, but I had to get it done. So I was mowing in all this really wet grass. And while I was doing that, I was thinking, you know what? It's really hard to push a mower through the wet grass. It's really hard to do this task when I left it too long. And I think that's the same thing for youth. I think that the time isn't next year when I'm less busy, okay? It's about starting something now, because if I would have mowed that long when I first should have, it would have just been a lot of little mows. But then it was like a ton of mowing. And I think that we, can, we need to start now. And we need to do it incrementally. It's much much easier. And so as we move on, um, we're just going to show you guys a quick video about what we think is really um, one of the best ways to help get this concept around. So we want to build relationship. But ultimately, like I said, there's a goal to it, and the goal isn't just to hang out and have fun, even though that's part of it, it's about glorifying God. It's actually about having lives changed. And so with Youth Alpha, which is something that we wanna be running in the fall, Youth Alpha is all about hooking you with a story of somebody's life, somebody's life changed by God. And that hook brings you in and it sets you up for you to make your own choice, am I going to allow my story to be changed by God? And so we've seen that with people who've been saved from Alpha in our church, and we want that for the youth in our church. The great part is these videos are not lame, okay, as sometimes older things are, and they're made really slick, and they appeal, I mean, I thought they were really good, and we want to show you just a quick part of the intro video. It's a story about this guy named David, and uh, we want this to be our story. We want this to be when people come to youth group and they come to youth alpha. We want their lives to be changed, okay? So Dave's going to put that up and then Becky's going to come up. At the center of the Christian faith is a man named Jesus.
2: He wasn't afraid to talk about issues that other people avoid. Jesus said some of the most outrageous things that I've ever heard. In John fourteen six, he's quoted saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. This statement was controversial 2000 years ago when Jesus first said it, and it's still controversial today. We wanna crack open each of those statements and see what Jesus is saying. Jesus says, I am the way. What does that mean for someone to say I am the way? What is he the way to? I know a man named David who has a really remarkable life. And hearing him talk about it really helps understand this idea of Jesus being the way. When I was young, at the age of about 12, my mother had a major nervous breakdown. And she was hospitalized for extended periods of time. My father also struggled with alcoholism. I had two brothers and we were basically left in many ways to raise ourselves. Going to bed at night at the age of about 12, my mother, she tried to kill herself. My father was out drinking and um, I remember through my tears saying, God, if you're there, I hate you. I so hated God. I was so angry at God. I was so filled with bitterness and resentment. Those experiences marked me, and I decided the childhood that I had was not going to be my life. At the age of 18, I committed to the idea of becoming a millionaire by the age of 30. I was this ambitious, want-to-be-a-millionaire-by-the-age-of-30 <laughs> kind of guy during the day, and at night I hung out with drug users, and I, I, I scored dope and dealt dope and, and did whatever I had to do to keep that life going. The idea of being a billionaire had been achieved. I could go where I want, when I wanted. I had way more money than I ever hoped for, but I wasn't happy. And I realized that there's still a deep darkness inside of me, a void. I have epilepsy, and for some reason, I started having seizures more frequently. We have a lady who worked for us at that time in our home. Uh, Her name is Bonnie, and uh, she was a very sweet lady, Um, a Christian lady. Bonnie saw me. After having a seizure one day, and she called my wife and she said that God had told her to come pray for me. And I said, well, I know it's not going to do any good, but I, I like Bonnie. So she prayed for us. And for some reason, I cried through that process. Didn't know why I was crying, but Bonnie left and we thanked her for coming over. So the next day, I saw a friend, a neighbor, who went to the same church Bonnie does. And i asked my friend i said hey are you going to church tomorrow And he says yeah i said well do you mind if i come with you he says sure he's quite happy to to bring me so the next morning we're standing in church together and as the worship music begins for some reason i begin crying and i don't know why i want to cry but i'm crying and i can't control myself and i'm doing everything in my power not to cry but tears are running down my face and in that moment for the first time his love for me was so real. The reality that he loved me was nothing short of completely and totally mind blowing. Did you say your bit of the story? At the center of the Christian faith is oh.
1: mm-hmm. <clears throat> <clears throat> so. Uh, pretty incredible story, and whether it's a story that is like that or whether it's an ordinary story, we want the kids to know that stories are stories and that God can meet them exactly where they are at in their own stories. And so we actually uh, are asking, we're telling you what We're doing and what our vision is, but we're also going to ask you to do some things as well and how you can help us or how we can partner together to meet the needs of our young people. And it's through modeling. And I read this the other day. Uh, It was actually, uh, it grabbed my attention. I was on Twitter and I read this blog title and it said uh, the most impacting or who is the most impacting in youth youth youths lives today and I was thinking that it could be oh you know the the Holy Spirit, experience in this great big thing. And I could read to you uh, that section from the the post, but I'm actually going to just explain it. And it went through a bunch of statistics. And at the end of the day, the most influential people in the lives of young people are parents. And I'm not a parent, um, but I have parents. And I grew up... um, Watching my parents tell me certain things tell me make me do certain things, and the way that they impacted me the most was by how they lived their lives and i I still remember, and my mother explains this to me today um, I remember the moment when I saw my mom reading the Bible for the first time and there had been a period of time where she didn't, or at least I didn't see her do it. And I remember thinking to myself, this if this is real for her, then maybe there's a part of this that, yes, is real for me. It wasn't just her telling me to go to church. It wasn't her just saying, you know, you should say your prayers before you go to sleep at night. It was actually seeing her do it uh, that made the difference. And so there's actually... Uh, a phrase <laughs> that comes from the world of education and educational philosophies have evolved uh, and will probably continue to evolve. And one of the phrases that have, has come out of that is going from sage on the stage to guide on the side, which is cliche, kind of cliched and whatever, but there is some truth to that. That as we come alongside and we show kids or youth how, How this makes a difference in their lives by being the examples ourselves, and how God has made a difference in our lives—that that that is what uh, impacts them—and so. Our actions and how we handle the everyday situations of our lives are what children remember or what young people remember. Uh, As a teacher, it's what kids remember. When I tell them about the things that I'm reading and about how I'm writing and I show them and I come alongside, instead of just assigning all of these things, telling them that this is what you need to do, but when I show them, That this is how something is done. There is a difference between just saying this is how you should live your life and explaining this is how God has impacted my life. Um, And so, what we do at church and what you do at church, how you worship, how you pray, how you serve, how you give, what your attitude is when you disagree with something, what your attitude is when people treat you poorly. Uh, our kids are watching. Whether we want to be models or not, they are. And I get it. I'm not a parent. And so I, I, you can say, like, I don't understand and whatnot, but I, have, I am a daughter, and I have watched uh, my own parents' Uh, walk through their own faith journey and how that had, has an impact on me. And it's probably an impact that they don't even realize, but it does impact. And so whether or not, um, you think that it does, or you think that it has an impact, it does have an impact. And so here are some things we're also, we we don't want to just say that and leave that hanging in the air. We want to come alongside and help and support. So as we, uh, launch into youth alpha this fall Uh, there are going to be some questions that the videos are going to address and what we're going to do is we're going to post those questions that you can follow up with, your son, your daughter, or anybody else for that matter, somebody else. If, if you want to ask somebody who comes to youth group, even if you're not their parent or if you're not related to them, these questions, feel free to do so. Because sometimes what happens is a conversation can go like this. How was youth group? Good. What'd you learn? Nothing. <laughs> And so when we have specific questions, that you can ask, and so we will post the questions that are in the video. The video that that clip uh, came from has three pretty specific questions. When you can ask those specific questions, it can help you delve into those conversations. there will be conversations that they'll already have had uh, when they come to youth group, and you're just following up with them, and we're going to give you those specific questions to help have those kinds of conversations on the way to a sporting event, at the supper table, When you're brushing your teeth whenever just in ordinary times to have those kinds of conversations
0: so yeah we want to do it together um we are just like eight people (laughs) and we uh we can only do so much and we can talk about things at fuel as much as we want to but really we only have like two hours a week and you guys hold the majority. And we want to help, and we want to we be helped, and we want to work together, and we want to partner together. And so what we want to do is uh, something a little bit different. Um, we want to start this partnership today. And so there's a couple different things that we just want to put out there. One of them is what we were talking earlier about relationship. If you do something in your normal life that you think, I know enough about this that I could have a little tag along (laughs) with me and I could show them something because it'd be useful for their life. I want to challenge you to do that. And challenging involves all kinds of really awkward things, potentially. It might involve you just hearing that somebody has an interest in cars, and you know a lot about cars, and you can say, hey, I'm changing my tires, hey, I'm changing my oil, whatever. We want to challenge you guys to, to find a little buddy, okay? <laughs> because really, you, they learn a lot from you, but you can learn a lot from them. The second thing is, is that we want to partner together today by praying together, okay? And we have some of our youth here with us right now, and we have some of our leaders with us right now, and for those who are here, we wanna get you guys up here, and we wanna come around you as a church, okay, and we wanna pray for them, and we want you guys to pray for us, and we want to be together in this. We just, when Becky was up here talking, I was just thinking about what things could be in time, and wouldn't it be really interesting to have a close connection With people that aren't just your family, but and like aren't even in your same age range. Like, wouldn't that be, wouldn't that mean so much more if you saw somebody come up here and play the piano that was young and you knew that you had a hand in their life? Wouldn't you be so much more attached and connected? And isn't that what God did with us when we didn't know much? He came, when we didn't even know that we needed him, he came into our lives and he made relationship with us through Jesus. So we want to do that together, and uh, we, want to, we want to work together, we want to pray together today, and then we want to worship together too. And so after we pray, we just want to join in, and we want to sing a song together, and we want to start this partnership today between different ages and different experiences in life. So do you mind if I, or do you want to? Or, yeah, okay. So if you're a youth... We want to just maybe push some of these chairs back right here. And if you go to fuel, okay, that's what we're saying right now. If you go to fuel, and if you're in the fuel age range, so 11 to 18, come on up. And we're going to be up here with you, so don't be shy. And come on up here. And if you're not in fuel, we want you guys to come up too, okay? And we want to move everyone around this morning, all right? Mm -hmm. And we want to come on up. We want to pray for each other. So there's pretty much three things that we'd like you guys to pray for us. We want to pray that we would continue to build relationships well together. We want to pray for the Holy Spirit to break into our lives. And we want to have stories and lives changed. And we want to pray that this partnership isn't just lip service, but it'll be a real thing. So come on up, everyone who's not in fuel. And we want to pray together, okay? Come on, Byron. Mm
3: -hmm. So as Joel (laughs) (laughs) said, okay, even if a couple of things here, just to bring clarity again, if uh, all of our fuel crew crew grade uh, age about 11 to 18, you can come and join us. If you're in that age group and you're not part of the youth yet or the group yet and you want to be, we'd love to be able to pray for you this morning. We've got our uh, youth leaders up here as well. And then from our church, why don't some of you come and we'll pray together. The rest of us, if you're able, why don't you stand? And even from where you are, if you want to just reach out your hand, you can just pray and pray for youth, pray for our city of Fredericton and that many youth will come uh, to know Jesus through our youth alpha this fall. And others can begin to pray. Uh, for our youth who are here and for our leaders. So we'll just take a couple minutes to do that, and then we'll have a few people pray out as well. So where you are, <coughs> so for those of us from our church family, Dave, why don't you guys come right in, pray for some of our youth. If you're able, right from your why don't you just extend a hand. You can pray your own prayers that God would really work in and through the youth, that God would help our youth leaders to uh, implement these things in modeling and being an influence and for the parents as well. And so let's take a few minutes stay focused and then we'll uh, end in a couple minutes with our worship together. So where you are if you can pray that would be great. God hears our prayers. And then there's going to be some specific people that we're going to pray for. Thank you. Continue to pray. I'm going to get Brent to pray for our youth and then I'm going to get Keith to pray for our youth leaders, and I'm going to get Marilyn Calhoun to pray for the parents, okay? And
4: we'll yes and amen to these prayers. So, Brent.
5: Yeah,
4: Father, we thank you for uh, the youth in our church. We thank you for the work uh, that you've done in previous years, and uh, we see the fruit of that. And uh, we just look to you for more of your mercy and more of your grace. We pray, Father, that our youth would get a passion for you, that they wouldn't just know things about you, but they would know you as the true and living God. And uh, we pray, Father, as we look through church history, we see you do great moves of your spirit through youth and through the younger generation. We pray that you would do that again here in our church. And we pray that there'd be ripples here that would go through this city. And we pray not just for the youth in our church that we know and that we love and we want to see them grow and mature in you. We pray for the youth that are not here. We pray for the youth across this city that there'd be a move of your spirit of young people coming to know you, worship you, and the fervency and the passion that they bring to their life uh, would affect our church. And so we just pray that you would move through the youth and, and that would spread through the city and through our church, and we'd all rise up with a greater passion to worship you and serve you for your glory, we pray. Yes, and amen. All right, Keith, I want you to pray for our youth
3: leaders as well.
6: Yeah, Father, we just thank you for the youth leaders, Lord, that they are sacrificing of their time and energy, Lord, that yes. they're giving uh, their lives over uh, for the purpose of raising up a new generation, God. And I pray that you'd fill them with, yes. with your spirit, God, yes. that you give them the knowledge and power and the wisdom and knowing how to raise up these kids, Lord. Yes. Uh, and I just felt like uh, it's it's training, Uh, you guys are training up uh, a generation of warriors who are going to go after. They're not going to retreat. They're not going to pull back, Mm -hmm. but they're going to go forth into all areas of of the world, and they're going to influence levels of society. Uh, There's going to be a rippling effect that goes out from here. So, Father, we pray that you would equip and train uh, the leaders to equip and train yeah. the youth, God. Yeah, that you would so build them up, mm-hmm. and I just felt like there's uh, there's some young people mm-hmm. that are going to be given uh, armor. Uh, spiritual armor from God that's too big for them to wear at this point. And it's going to be heavy swords. There's going to be heavy lifting. Mm -hmm. And it's not not that it doesn't fit them. It's that God is going to help them grow into uh, becoming the warriors that he's called them to be. And specifically, I see uh, Danny (laughs) uh, Warrington. Mm -hmm. I see you equipped with this heavy weighted armor and this heavy sword. And God is saying, He's calling you forth as a young warrior to stand, to fight, and that he is calling you today, this day, to stand in his army and to be one of those who stands in the front lines Mm -hmm. and calls out with the warrior's call Mm -hmm. to go forth and to bring forth the kingdom of God into dark, dark areas. So, Father, we pray, equip our leaders, equip them with knowledge and wisdom, speak to them through your word, Father. We thank you for them. We bless them in Jesus
3: Jesus' name. Yes, and amen. And Marilyn, for us as parents, we need lots of help as well. And we're partnering together. So you can pray for us as parents, okay?
5: Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for a chance to be parents. And thank you that Kevin and I had our children and they're grown up. I just pray, Lord, that I remember when my minister used to say, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable unto you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. I pray this, Lord, for all of us parents, that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be acceptable around our children and around those other kids that we're just going to come around and invite in and just be parents to. I thank you for the privilege of having children and grandchildren. And uh, I just Mm -hmm. thank you, Lord, that you've given us this responsibility, and that yes. you uh, you just are always there for us. Help us to be in your word, yes. and just asking you every time yes. we just don't know what to do or say yes. as parents. Thank mm-hmm. you, Lord, that mm-hmm. Even, mm-hmm. even in the dark and hard times, you're still with us. That's right. You promised you would be, yes. and we just praise you for this in Jesus, name. in Jesus'
3: name. Amen. Great. Thank you, Marilyn. All right. We say yes and amen to that. So thank you, everyone, and... We know not all of our, most, a lot of our youth are actually serving in kids' church this morning, so they're already uh, taking part in training and serving and multiplying. So bless you. All right, we want to thank uh, Joel and Becky for really spearheading Uh, This team effort, because it really is a team effort as a church. And as I said, we want to end worshiping God together. So if you're able to stand, John and the team are going to lead us in our final song and really about declaring, about praising God together that we do want to be a part of a church family. As we read right from Psalm 145 this morning, that we get to commend one generation to another, that we get to be. Uh, together, praising God together to be a worshiping family of God and following Jesus. So let's uh, worship him together.